Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. The Growing in Grace podcast, growingingrace.org. Uh, find all of our podcasts. The past ones are archived there at growingingrace.org. So you can listen to all almost 800 podcasts that we've done in the 15 plus years that we've been doing this thing. And also on all your favorite podcasting app platforms, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, enjoy listening to podcasts, we are there. I'm Joel Brzezicki, the Breeze Man, with Mike Kapler the cap yes. giving in time. I'm Okie, he's Dokie. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie then. Right, right before we started uh, the program, Joel kind of takes a deep breath and says, Okie dokie. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, and, and if, if by chance your platform doesn't have our podcast on for that particular week, always remember the fallback is growingingrace.org for all of the past archived programs. Yeah, that's true, because I've had people say sometimes there's, there's an error on a certain platform, like, you know, somebody now, this is several weeks back now, but in real time, as we're recording, it was today, <laughs> someone said... It wasn't showing up on Spotify for some reason, and that was a Spotify thing. But you can always go to growingandgrace.org to find all of them. Last week we were in, uh, among other things, we were in Luke uh, chapter 6 as we continue on our, our series here about tithing and giving. More talking about uh, giving lately. We started out with the tithe and what it was and what it wasn't under the law with the Jewish people. But in Luke chapter 6 last week, the verse we were trying to pluck back into context because a lot of people have taken it out of context, Luke 6.38. But just to wrap this up, Joel, and, and, and move on from here, uh, what we really saw in Luke chapter 6, especially around that passage around verse 30 and a little beyond that, past verse 38, uh, what we really saw there in Luke 6 is some real solid law teaching from Jesus. It wasn't directed at believers in Christ or future Christians. So, that we, yeah, this, this, this law teaching from Jesus, and, and it included, again, forgiveness would be received based on certain conditions. In other words, the quid pro quo. If you forgive others, God will forgive you. That's not grace. That was a law-based concept. Jesus, again, talking to people who were still under the law. And we went through some other things uh, along those lines. I mean, even Jesus said, if, if somebody asks you for your coat, give them your shirt as well. And it's just funny to me, Joel, how some people get mad at us when we start talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and this is kind of a version of that here in Luke, and, and we suggest that this wasn't really directed at future Christian believers, those who would be in Christ. It was directed at the Jewish people who are without hope under the law. People today, religious people, they get mad at us for that. And they call us heretics. You're a heretic. <laughs> heretic. And uh, we're just trying to point out the context of what Jesus was trying to do to point people toward a Savior. I mean, that's really what the law was for. The law was not the commandments that came through Moses were not meant to, they were not designed to try to help people live a more moral and acceptable life in order to be received and accepted by God. That's not what the law was for. It was to show people they couldn't meet the requirement and they needed somebody else to take their place. 
a savior, a Messiah. Jesus would be that. And that's what the law was for. It was a tutor to deflect people to the savior who would fulfill the law on their behalf and bring righteousness as a gift. It's not something that we work toward. It's not, there's nothing we can do to become acceptable and righteous to God. And yet people get upset. But the funny thing about that, where I was going with that is it's funny how they'll call us uh, all kinds of names in the book or the names that aren't even in the book. <laughs> and, and then they don't really follow everything that Jesus said to do. And we're going to talk more about that here in a minute from another passage. But I think in spite of everything that people try to tell you, like about Luke 638, where if you give more, you're going to get more financially and with other things. That's just taking this completely out of context. Because if you go back a few verses, you can see where Jesus said, when you give, don't expect anything in return. Anybody can expect to be paid back. Nothing difficult about that. And so he was just trying to show these people under the law that you're not going to be able to pull this off the way that you think you're doing. And we should point out, too, that we've been talking about tithing and giving. Uh, giving has always existed. Giving didn't take, as you mentioned before, Joel, the, the giving didn't take the place of the tithe. Giving right. has always existed. The tithe came to an end with the law. Giving has always been in place. But here in Christ, we have the ability now to be able to give because we want to, because there's a love motivation that maybe wasn't there before. We thought we were required to do certain things. We thought we're required to love others. It's a commandment. You're required. Well, if you're doing it out of requirement, then it's not really love. Yeah, that's how can it be love if you're required to do it? Well, it's like I've always said about, you know, honey, you're talking to my wife, you know, honey, I love you. Well, why, why do you love me? Well, I'm commanded to. So, you know, <laughs> and it's the same with giving. It's the same with every little uh, aspect of our lives in Christ. I mean, if we're doing it out of obligation, then it's not love. And the reason why I think Paul talked to the Corinthians about giving from their heart, deciding in their heart what they want to give is because that's love. When you have the choice, when you get to decide in your own heart, and in Christ we have been given new hearts, and he's put a new spirit in us. And so it's not this old, deceitful, dirty heart that Jeremiah had talked about. It's a new heart that we have, and so we have this opportunity to use that heart to decide what we want to do. You, you had the freedom to give how you want to give, who you want to give it to. You're not under any obligation to do that. And when you're free to do that, when you have that freedom and you get to decide, then wow, you'd be amazed at the opportunities that you'll find. And again, it may be financial. Maybe you're in, in such a position that you're able to help people out in financial ways whether it's your local body of believers that gets together or whatever. We've gone through several of these things. Somebody in need, a charity, an organization, or whatever, wherever you see uh, where people can be helped by what you have, that's great. That's wonderful. But you see, that's the thing. When you're, when you're free to do that, you can see all these other opportunities around you instead of thinking that it has to be done a certain way, a certain percentage, all the time. You have the freedom to decide for yourself. And that's a wonderful thing. And so here's well, Joel, Joel, you, you, yeah. you hit on something really important here. So if I can just follow up on what you just said, we, we don't give with the motivation of receiving blessings for ourselves. We freely receive blessings from God that we have not earned or deserved. It's called grace. And then we can freely give. We can choose to do that. And as you said, it, it may or may not involve money, but as we yield to the Spirit of God, I think sometimes we leave him out of this mm -hmm. equation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as we yield to the Spirit of God within us, uh, He can orchestrate His will through us. And this is part of our, our walk with God. And that's why I think Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, he said, neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but it's God who is something. Only God who gives the growth, God who gives the increase. Those of us who are doing this and that and the other thing and, and looking for attention and, and reward of some kind, that's really not what this is supposed to be about. So some do lay a foundation and others build on it, but it's God working through love that brings things to fruition. Right. And your giving can be a part of that. You see, we're one body made up of many parts, and each part of the Christ body is just a little bit different than each other. We're all different than each other, some a lot different than each other, actually. And and that's a good thing. That can include our giving. It can include our service to other people and how we all fit into the one body. That's one body made up of many different parts, all supporting the same body with Christ as the head. One last thing that I had thought of um, to talk about, it's another verse that people use, and it's one where they preach it, but they don't even live it themselves. Jesus in Luke 21 said, well, first Luke writes, and he looked up, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor widow putting in two mites or two pennies or your version may say something. It's, it's a tiny amount is the point here. So Jesus said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all for all these out of their abundance. Remember, there are a bunch of rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. All these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. And so, again, I go back to how I hear pastors coming up with sermons for the week, giving sermons, and here's one they pull out. They pull out this first. See, even if you don't have much, you put in as much as you can. You put in, and and then God sees that, and he sees that you're giving all. But here, really, Jesus is saying, out of her poverty, she put in all the livelihood that she had. And so if we're going to use this as a principle— That's really where I was going with this. People will preach this as a principle for giving. When we need to find verses to fit our giving teachings, we'll go to this one. Even if you don't have much, you need to give it all. But here it says she put in all the livelihood that she had. So it's easy to preach (laughs) to other people. But are you doing it? If you're preaching this, are you doing this? Are you putting in all the livelihood that you have? I mean, even the rich wouldn't do that. The rich had plenty more to give. They gave, amount-wise, they gave more than this than this woman, than this poor widow. But really, she was giving more than all of them because she gave her whole livelihood. So if we're going to preach this again as a principle for giving, then you, the one who is teaching this and preaching it, you really should give all of the livelihood that you have. It's easy. <laughs> I don't know. It's easier to give uh, when you have a lot, I guess. But that's not even the point. It's just that if you're going to preach this as a principle, you live by it yourself. Otherwise, stop plucking verses. Isn't it funny how we like to just stretch these things out into saying something? Because that's what preachers do, right? And, and I'm not coming down on preachers. I, I get it. Right. We have the thing called the Bible, right? And you have to give a sermon every week because you're paid to do that. And you have to try and get some sort of application that you can apply, you know, something that can be given to your congregation for them to live by, even if you have to 
make something up in, in some cases. I mean, here in this situation, uh, if you want to get literal about it, I mean, the poor widow, she gave more than all of them because they contributed out of their abundance. She gave out of her poverty, all that she had to live on. She gave it. How many people do you know? I'm not saying they don't exist. I guess I just don't get out much. But how many people do you know who have really done that? I would say very few. And maybe those who did it, did it for the wrong reasons. But how many do we know that contributed everything, everything? And, and you'll hear some of those catchphrases coming from the pulpit that says, we have to give our all. We have to give everything. We have to be sold out. But they don't always get real specific on what that means, all right? Because you know, if they do that, they'd rather leave it to your imagination so that they can keep dangling the carrot out there in front of you. And it always seems just a little bit out of your reach to be able to get to that place where you surrender everything to God. So don't fall for some of that stuff. And that, that was a, a good point, though, with the, the widow there, Joel. I think some, some of these things, again, they just get blown out of context. Yep, a lot of giving verses taken out of context, when really giving is so, so simple. Just give what you decide in your heart, however you decide to do. Well, that'll wrap up our tithing and giving series on the podcast. We'll talk some grace versus works in the, wor- in the, in the works in the weeks to come right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.